0: This is the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. Welcome back. We return to season three of our show. Thanks for being patient. We've been off for quite a little bit. I've had a wedding recently, so we took a couple weeks off from there, but we would now return. Quit, what is that called? What? Crashing Weddings. What's that called? Wedding
1: Crashing? Yeah, I guess that, that would be the official name. Wedding mm-hmm. Crasher. If well, you'd but- quit doing that, we could have like started this like months earlier. If I did what? Stopped crashing people's weddings.
2: Oh, yes. How dare you crash that wedding and seduce the bride? (laughs) Yeah, classic me. Today, we return with Brindlewood Bay,
0: a dark and cozy mystery game by Jason Cordova. In this game, uh, this is a game that is powered by the apocalypse, and in this game, Brindlewood Brindlewood Bay is a role-playing game about a group of elderly women, members of a local Murder Mavens Mystery Book Club, who frequently find themselves investigating and solving real-life murder mysteries. They become increasingly aware that there are supernatural forces that connect the cases they're all working on. The game is directly inspired by television shows Murder, She Wrote, but also takes inspiration from the works of H.P. Lovecraft, cozy crime dramas, and American TV shows from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We just got done doing a little bit of uh, catch-up with watching some Murder, She Wrote, you as watch well as Golden Girls.
2: Thank you for being a friend.
0: It's a really good theme song. Um, But yeah, we are going to be playing. Um, My name's Austin. I'm going to be the Keeper, which is the Game Master for this game. I'll be dictating and running this mystery. It's not set in stone, but will be dictated and played out with our players here. Brad, Becky, and Travis join us today playing as members of these old women who are all part of a book club. Let's introduce our players
2: and their characters, starting
0: with Brad
2: Um, my name is Christy, uh, Christy Agatha, and I'm an old lady. I like to wear cardigans and I am quite the fan of scrapbooking and I have a trusty scooter. Nice. What kind of scooter? Like, um, so it's like your classic, uh, your classic kind of little slow putt putt scooter that's got a sidecar. I've got some nice goggles that I wear while I'm driving it, nice. and a scarf that blows in the wind. Yeah, um,
1: you have one of those uh, aviator caps.
2: Yes, yes, I do. And we can, uh, we we can, all three of us can fit on there if we squeeze in. Nice, Becky. Who are you playing today?
3: Birdie, and I am a little old lady who, in my after um, my husband passed, I really had a spiritual awakening to like this sort of new new world sort of spiritualism, you know, like paganism and Wiccanism. So she's a little hippy-dippy, likes to bake. She carries around her yoga mat and a bag full of her occult tools and her herbal medications.
2: So when you say she likes to bake, does she bake or does she get baked? Both. Both. <laughs> Does she, she get baked with what she makes,
0: she bakes or she get baked just to bake?
2: She makes Both. baked bakeables. I'm oh. imagining like Golden Girls, where like, um, they're eating a bunch of brownies and not realizing that they were pot brownies. So yeah, that sounds like a crazy. Birdie is the one that brings uh, those brownies. Uh-huh. Yes,
3: uh-huh. and she's also a big fan of her um, her weed scones. Oh, boy. Ooh. yeah. Very good.
0: And this might be obvious, but before you guys retired, and this is be a question for both of you, but also when we get to Travis, before you guys retired and settled down in Brindlewood Bay, what was your guys' occupation? Well, I was a writer.
3: A librarian. Oh,
0: okay. So bacon was a hobby you developed later. Yes. Oh, cool. Travis, talk to us about who you're playing today.
1: I'm Mavis. Um, I previously was an accountant, but since retiring and living this life of no necessities, I've started up. Uh, I've started up jogging. It's my hobby. Jogging, you said? Yes, I only wear track suits because I jog <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> when I'm standing there, I am jogging in place.
2: Would uh, <laughs> how how do you feel about mall walking? I might be up for that, but I think jogging is a little much for.
1: I could do with a bit of mall walking as a leisurely Uh-oh. pastime, but my primary focus is jogging.
0: Okay. Maybe as a warm-up, you'll go with these girls out for a mall walk. They'll get tired. Maybe you'll continue on
1: as soon as they're tired. I'm jogging.
0: Full oh,
3: speed. I don't go to the mall. Mm. It's devoid of any spiritual energy.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah, we got one of those. But it's not <laughs> devoid of pot,
1: so I think we could find a good substitute for you there.
3: That's I true. have a green card. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> okay. So the town that you guys will be playing is Brindlewood Bay, a small coastal community in Massachusetts. A whaling town in the 18th and 19th century, it is now largely a tourist spot. Many locals have turned their towns into bed and breakfasts, and the town has unique shops uh, with antique shops, comfy dining spots, and artists and artisans of all kinds. Guided fishing trips are common. You guys are all part of the murder mavens book club, which is all about reading mysteries at the top floor of the candlelight booksellers every Saturday evening for the last 10 years. The murder mavens are particularly fond of the gold crown mysteries series by Robin Patterson featuring the globe trodden super sleuth, Amanda Delacorte. Now, as you guys have all uh, retired Your partners passed away. Your children have long flown the nest. Now you guys are enjoying your golden years in the picturesque town of Brindlewood Bay. Keeping your homes the way you like, pursuing your hobbies, and finding comfort and companionship in others. My players here are going to be amateur detectives. Not only just because they are armed with the knowledge of many years of reading uh, murder mysteries, but also having just a sheer passion and just an incredible luck for always being there at the right time to help the local police force with several high-profile crimes. Or sometimes just people approach them to help uh, get help on a case. But usually the mavens just will stumble upon it. And today... We're going to be relaunching to our first episode of Brindlewood Bay with the case of the great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off. The most popular television program in the world, the Jolly Good Bacon Show, has come to Brindlewood Bay to find the town's very best baker. A number of qualifying rounds have been held, and our murder mavens are among the bakers to make it to the final television portion of the show, where you guys will get to meet the charming presenters and have your uh, delicious desserts judged by the notorious strict Paul and Jane. Okay, I thought you were talking about a very different bake-off here. My apologies. <laughs> I entered the wrong contest. Going to our establishing question: All Brindlewood Bay mysteries start with an establishing question towards one player, and this time it's going to be towards Becky. Becky. The Jolly Good Bacon Show is connected to one of your favorite memories. What is that memory?
3: It was the first time I realized that I could do baking in my home without being a professional and still make something halfway decent. So I made these little lemon tea cakes with my oldest daughter, Ivy. Hmm.
0: And for Brad and Travis... You guys don't have the expertise that she does of being an actual baker. Oh yes, well, I am a professional baker. Well, you must be because you guys have made it through the qualifying rounds all the way to the finale. When did you I guys pick a up professional these baker house? Oh, what is the air quotes for? You're he really spends
3: liking? a lot of time in my yoga studio.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know what that means.
3: Practicing but. alternative medicine. So
1: oh, look, after my long day of running, I need help getting to sleep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I see. That makes sense. So I do a bake-off. Brad, where did you pick up some... Um, it was just because you're an elderly woman and all elderly women seem to be good cooks. So
2: I don't actually know much about baking, but I've seduced every member of the judges panel. So I figured, <laughs> <laughs> I, figured I have a shot. Oh, Damn.
0: Hot damn and Travis, how did you get to qualifying final?
1: Was oh. it just because, you know, you're an old lady? Well, no, I'm really good at taste testing food. So I'm not so much good at making it, but I'm almost a judge, hmm. but they don't accept me. So
0: I'm just here to be like, okay, this is really good. You should pick this person. We come to the televised portion of the show. You guys are all quite excited as perhaps this is the first time you guys have been on such a major network before. Maybe you guys have solved crimes in the past that put you on small television networks. This is the first time you'll be put on a show that's all about entertainment that millions of people are going to watch worldwide. When we go to you guys before the mystery starts, what are you guys doing in preparation for the day? All the cooking supplies will be there. You won't need to bring anything there. But in the hours before the competition and the television program starts rolling the cameras, what might your characters be doing? And remind us again of your characters' names. And by we, I mean mostly me because I forgot your characters' names.
3: I figured that's why you were addressing old lady Brad as Brad. <laughs> and old no, lady Travis number is Travis.
0: Christina Agatha, what might you be doing?
2: Oh, I'm just walking around looking at the competition Wishing the other contestants good luck. Oh, darling, good luck. You make the best scones. I do. And I'm also going by the uh, judges panel to say, Oh, William, your wife in the audience looks so beautiful today. Oh, damn. You cheat on a married
3: man. She's cheat. not cheating. He has
1: no sta- Or Sorry, she has no standards.
0: Damn. And Becky?
3: I am so... Like there's like a little patch of woods outside the studio, and I'm out there barefoot with my yoga mat and my bag of supplies, and I'm trying to center myself and also smoking a fat joint.
0: Nice. Getting a good headspace, I see.
1: Mm. I'm curious, is this the beginning of a scene? For my glaucoma. I'm kind of doing a similar thing to Brad, but not saying how pretty his wife looks today. I'm critiquing. Every single thing they're doing. Hmm. So I'm going to say your pen could be held this way instead of this way, and it would help you write better. And I think this person's food is going to taste really good because they're making it with this ingredient. Hmm. And just going around doing that sure. for like two hours because you know, I just feel like it. <laughs> kind of annoying, the judges, yes. probably. It's and what's your name The judges. My name is, uh, sorry, Mavis. what is my name? Mavis.
0: Don't. Mavis. Don't. <laughs>
1: Don't help him. I was going
0: to make him struggle for a minute. And Birdie. Birdie. Birdie and Christina Agatha. Speaking of judges, the two world-famous judges are Jane Leaf, who is a beloved celebrity in the UK, having published dozens of cookery books and made hundreds of television appearances over a career spanning nearly 60 years. An old lady. Stern. Affair and also perhaps who Brad is referring to is Paul Rivera, a silver haired fox, a man that is quite well, definitely in his younger years, in his late 40s, is silver quite talented. Hair? Yeah, he's still got the silver hair, though. Damn. He's a silver haired fox, he's, he's got the looks, he's man. got the charisma, and he's got the judging ability, and more importantly, he's got the cooking ability. They even Jane Leaf, who's 20 years his superior, just barely has.
2: I'm going to kind of like nudge the other contestants and say, I'd like to take him to Flavortown, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, damn, it.
0: We know exactly what you mean. We don't want to know what you mean. Luckily, just out of earsight, sight is Donna Rivera, the wife. (laughs) Bottle blonde, leopard print, piles of makeup. Like her husband Donna Revere celebrity, having starred in the short-lived reality television program, The Real Scone Wives of Liverpool.
2: I'm gonna elbow I'm gonna elbow Bertie again and say, Oh darling, look at her. Maybe you maybe you actually stand a chance with him. He apparently has terrible taste. Christy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry, Love, but I'm here to win. You. I'm just curious. In your heads.
0: What age do you guys think you guys are? I mean, you guys should be at least 65, but let's go around start with uh, Christina Agatha. I am 73.
3: 71.
2: 69.
0: <laughs> That's a sex number. <laughs> I think I advertise it to the whole world. It's just my age. Going to our first scene. Right now, they've only been preparing the main stage. Chairs and tables are being set up. The judges' tent, which is a small English cottage that's made to look a little bit more uh, North England-like, but definitely looks like a UK cottage. That is where the judges are going to be hiding in the meantime till the competition starts. A couple presenters walk around. You guys, the uh, competition starts getting ready. Looking at your tables with everything that's being prepared. A bunch of random ingredients are being put out that you guys will have to work with to make uh, the first part of the competition in round one your special dessert. Everything's being set up. The cameras, the directors, the sound people are getting everyone ready. They're hooking up the little microphones to your label. Sometimes you guys get pulled aside and they tell you exactly what's going to be happening as this is you guys' first television appearance. We go to Travis, a good-humored, handsome uh, American comes over to you. Most of the people here are from England, um, but this guy comes over to you, introduces himself as Buck. He says, I'm the main cameraman on the show. If you don't mind coming with me... Um, we're gonna do a little quick interview segment. If you can keep up, honey, and I jog ahead of him. Yeah, he's booking he info. He's in his thirties and he's in really good shape. He's struggling to keep up with you. You make it down to the area where they put people to the size you little short uh, filming uh, sets, and you're already sitting in the chair, microphone on. By the time he gets over to the camera, even he's sweating a little bit. He did not anticipate you going that fast.
2: Hey, Mavis, are you? Do you have like those little like? Half pound weights in each hand as you're running.
1: (laughs) I forgot to bring those with me. I left those at the house. I should have. (laughs) They're good
0: self-defense. He goes, so Mavis, this is uh, for later. We're going to be cutting this in during the different portions, kind of like an introduction to all our contestants. So just whatever comes to the top of your head, we'll just go with it. And we'll be cutting around stuff. So don't worry too much about it. I'm, I'm sure this is your first time being on TV. Oh, yes, of course. He says, "Mevis, why did you want to enter your name into the competition for the Great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off? All my friends are going to be here. Oh, are they still in the competition? Some of them. Mm. And what would it mean to you if you were able to bring home the prize? Could you remind me what the prize is? $10,000 in an entry to go to England to join the we whole We go competition. into the slots, baby! <laughs> he holds back a laugh. <laughs> he goes, and what do you want to say for any friends and family back home that might be watching the program? Kids, you ain't getting none of this. Trust me, you ain't getting <laughs> fucking time. He goes, can we say that again without the language? Oh, my dearies.
1: You will never see a dime of this because I'll be long dead and it'll all be spent.
0: He goes, that's a rap, That's good. I think we can work with that. Uh, maybe we can bleep the other part out. No, that's good. After that, you walk back to join the rest of your friends and uh, you pass by a balding stern man in his 50s. You recognize him as one of the producers on the show. Too slow for me and I walk by. <laughs> he goes, excuse me, ma'am. Quick thing. Quick word. You're too slow. He says to you as you keep walking by, knock Paul Revere on his ass, either with your cooking or giving him a little bit of that attitude I like so much. Knock him down a few pegs. He deserves it. You go knock him down. You're the producer. That's your job. And I continue on. You continue. Before he can respond, you're out of there. You go back. You guys are now all getting ready. The camera's about to roll, and you guys are about to be presented The first thing you guys are going to make, which is introduced by one of the presenters, Timothy Bush, a weirdly large, broad-humored man, very goffy, even though he's in his late 40s. Is he trying to do like a punk look or goffy look? Regardless, he's not pulling off very well. Timothy introduces the competition saying, everyone, welcome to the Jolly Good Bacon Show. This week, we are in Brindlewood Bay. The special bake off for our qualifying rounds. Going to our final rounds, our contestants will be working on pies. Ladies and gentlemen that have joined us, please break out the best pie you can. You have 30 minutes. And then he says, Bakers, 30 minutes remaining in this round. And then Timothy pours a glass of water over his head and then does an awkward cartwheel off stage for some reason. Travis, as you the timer goes, you jump into it, what kind of pie might you be making? Mavis. When the cameras start rolling, the timer goes off, what kind of pie are you making?
1: Oh. I am making a cherry surprise.
0: A cherry surprise? Is the surprise that there's cherries in it? (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Well, I'm sure it's gonna be quite delicious. Going over to... Oh, actually, give us a little description about the kind of pie you're making.
1: Oh, I start pouring che- rum into
0: a pipe here. Great. So it's a combination of rum and cherries?
1: Well, I mean, the surprise is the cherries, but yeah.
0: Oh, okay. It's not the rum? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a puddle of rum. To your left, which would be Brad... Brad gets to say, and this is be a thing for all of you guys. Brad, is the pie Travis making? I'm sorry. Mavis is making. Is it going to be a triumph? Or is it going to be rather disappointing?
2: Oh, I think it'll be a triumph. <laughs> and I believe you mean a Christy. Christy. I'm sorry. Christy. <laughs> Come
1: on, with everyone else that's character.
2: not Mavis. So the two of you guys. Describe one thing about why it is a triumph. So the, the fruit has just enough natural pectin in the skin that it will set. And when you, take, when you taste that bite of set rum jelly, you'll be like, oh, whoa, that's overpowering. It's kind of good. And then you'll get that odd cherry you weren't expecting, hence the surprise. And the fr- little burst of fruitiness will bring it all together and it'll just work.
3: They'll also be really drunk. <laughs> We'll sure that. Is that your detail about why it's gonna be a triumph Yes
0: <laughs> I love it
3: <laughs>
0: Christy We go to you You start preparing Your meals And you're working As hard as you can But you don't have The endurance In stamina That uh, Mavis Over here has So at one point After going for maybe I don't know Five ten minutes You need to go get a drink The cameras aren't On you at this point So you get to I go have a off drink screen. If she needs one <laughs> That's true You do you go off to go find a water cooler to go grab a quick thing of water before you jump back into the competition to work on your pie.
2: Well, first of all, what kind of pie are you working on? Um, it's called Freedom Pie, and it's it's a it's a take on apple pie. The year was nineteen forty three, and uh, father was away in the war, and mother mother received some visitors. Uh, two. Handsome young GIs, and they had bad news for her father. Father was not coming home from the war. We had an apple tree in the front yard, and uh, since food was scarce and we had to do our part to help the war effort and ration, uh, mother started making freedom pies, which were the uh, unripe apples or the apples that had over ripened and fallen to the ground. Hmm. She would take those. And um, the only, uh, the only, that we could afford wasn't butter. It was um, it was uh, just some. Hmm, I don't remember. Do you remember what it was, darling? The uh, the fat that was available in World War II that wasn't butter.
1: So there's potential <laughs> bacon grease.
2: No, no, that was too expensive.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Margarine. No, no, too expensive. She got the cheap stuff. Morbid cooking Su- grease. Suet. Maybe I don't know. It was there's Crisco. Lard. I think it was cheaper than that. I don't remember what it was.
1: So like Crisco is like barely lard. Yeah. But I don't know what the v- equivalent of Crisco in that era was.
2: Well, anyway, so it was a scoop of, of the uh, white gelatinous uh, fat with some of the rotten apples from the the forest floor. Extra sweet. And uh, for sweetener, <laughs> she actually used uh, a few pulverized sugar ants.
1: Ooh. Sugar
2: ants? Yeah, the ants that would eat the sugar. Yeah. From around the neighborhood, she would uh, follow them to the ant hills and collect them and pulverize them, and uh, you would use the sugar from their Great source of protein. Little pulverized bodies to act as a sweetener. Are you gonna be able to do that for the competition? Oh no no no! Today I'm using uh, I'm using uh, molasses. It uh, the the dark color also kind of uh, replicates the color from the crushed ant bodies. Okay, but it's uh,
1: sugar. Less protein, but okay, I'm okay with this.
2: Uh, bacon grease and um, apples. And today I will be using uh, store-bought apples instead of rotten floor <laughs> apples. Well, that's nice.
1: That's less sweetener. You're you're going to lose.
2: this
0: <laughs> has some critiques for you. Remember that guys cuz I'll be going around in a second soon to see in
2: your guys' opinion was it a success?
1: Oh, sorry. I was supposed to. Or for a that. disappointment.
2: I really hope I win. I want to uh, take the the tournament winnings and Uh, take a trip to uh, France uh, once I get to England so that I can uh, see where father perished and I can also go up to every French person that I see and say, you're welcome. (laughs) This whole time he's been saying this
0: to Buck, the cameraman who's been doing a little cutaway interview for the future. Buck, before Lenny goes, adds one more thing. He says, and if you get to go to France with the money, are you going to bring anyone with you? And who... Would that lucky person be, if so?
2: I'll take my friends, of course, Bertie and Mavis. Oh, that's nice.
0: Mavis uh, happened to say that she was going to blow all of her money (laughs) on slot and didn't mention bringing you or her friends at all. Classic Mavis. Good thing she won't win. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to a very thirsty Christie, you go off to go find the water cooler, but who's standing right in front of it? Donna Rivera, the wife. Oh. She is standing there, not looking for you or anything like that. She doesn't know anything about your infidelity. But she's on the phone yakking away with her agent, very pissed off at something, and just yelling at him. But she's standing right in front of the water cooler. But the issue is you need to not only be on her good side, but her husband's side as well, especially as he's a judge. She's on her husband or she's on her husband's good side. Oh yes, she is. You need a drink, or otherwise he's not going to be able to go for this competition. I have. To. So, what do you say or do to get a quick drink from the water cooler, from this, in, while trying to get around this person who's clearly blocking mm. your path?
2: Um, that's a good question. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think uh, she's wearing leopard print, right?
0: Yes, she <laughs> is. Yeah, all dolled up. I don't know. She's probably masking a whole lot there.
2: Um, I'll be uh, saying something kind of catty, like, "Wow, Donna, you look great today. I love your uh, your fake cheetah print. It looks really good on you. Normally, um, it looks kind of uh, crummy on people. Very, you know, cheap. But you pull it off really well."
0: She just kind of waves her hand at you to kind of. Uh, close your mouth. She doesn't hear a word you're saying as she's talking on the phone, but she does get to the side and allows you to go in, grab a quick drink, and then go back to the competition. She didn't hear exactly what you said, probably for the best, but she heard you yakking at her and she said, I gotta get away from this crazy woman. Who could love a woman like that? Nobody. (gasps) Going back to the competition, Brad.
1: That's
3: not what the third floor men say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, your three late husbands, they all said they loved you.
3: Do you say
0: three late husbands,
1: or the the
2: shuffleboard league? There, there was a fourth, but he definitely didn't love me. Uh, He never said he loved her. He only loved me for my body. Did he say that at least? Um, he didn't have the chance. He he actually passed away on our honeymoon. Are you a murderer? No. He he had a he had a heart attack.
1: Oh. A series of unfortunate events.
2: I think
0: I feel like it was just one particular event. He might have been upside down. Well no, that us. particular one. I'm saying the other three husbands. He as couldn't well. handle
3: the sex swing.
0: Yeah, he could not. <laughs> you go back to the competition working on this freedom pie. As you're working on it for like fifteen minutes or so, how do you feel it's going so far?
2: I think it's coming out well. It uh it smells just like the one that mom used to make except better.
0: Go Look into your side, to your competition. Besides your friends, you see someone next to you, the 23-year-old Melanie Blair, uh, who looks very frazzled, focused so hard on what she's doing. Her workstation looks like a mess, but she looks like she's making a damn good pie. What do you feel as an elderly about a young person in here? Is it competition that you hate someone that's not your age being this? Or do you respect the younger youth coming in to trying to do a, uh, a craft that's kind of
2: dying out in your opinion? I think it's disgraceful. She didn't lose anybody during the war. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. At one point while you're cooking
0: away, the second presenter Sue Mellon, uh, she's also from England. She is kind of a plump, shorter woman, uh, a smile on her face. You recognize her from probably five years ago. She was very popular for like a year as a famous comedian, but then her popularity kind of died out. You're kind of surprised she's here as a presenter. She comes over here. She's not a judge yet, but she has to say a couple of things for the camera. As the camera crew come over, oh. focus on you as you're working, and she gets to say a couple of things. She she's goes a over and she says, Christy, so how are you doing over here? How do you think the competition is going?
2: Oh, it uh it's going all right. I'm pretty happy with my pie. Oh, that's good. Do you think you have the best of this whole group or who do you think has you beat? I'm just going to wink at her really awkwardly as I put my hands on my hips and say, I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
0: She goes She looks at the camera and she looks back at you and she goes, "Uh, do you want us to do a redo on that?" And I'm just going to wink at her again. <laughs> And she goes, let's go to someone else. And then she looks at the time. She looks up. And then she says, she grabs a head of lettuce from one of the tables. And she says, bakers, bakers, lettuce, be a warning to you. Only 10 minutes remaining in the pie round to the groans of the audience.
2: Um, While the other bakers are looking at her, I'm going to put some hot sauce from my purse in the young baker's pie that looks really good.
0: Oh, interesting. So you're purposely sabotaging this. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely going to be our first roll of the night. Okay, so we're doing a day move for this. When you do something risky or face something you fear, name what
2: you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve. I'm I'm afraid that she's going to notice me putting the hot sauce in and uh, I've already thought through how that conversation will go. She's going to insist that I did, and I'm going to insist that I didn't, and she's going to insist that I did, and I'm going to insist that I didn't, and then she's going to say, well, if you really didn't, take a bite. And I'm a little old lady. I can't handle hot sauce, so I'll take a bite because I can't admit that I did it, and then I'll poop myself on national TV. <laughs> That
0: is a good fear. All right, we can roll with that. So, Brad, you roll in this game. It's 2d6, and you add a relevant stat. I
2: think this takes composure. I'm doing it with a straight face, very composed, so she doesn't notice me doing it. You guys think that's fair? Composure is good.
0: Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, let's do composure. Uh,
2: I rolled a 14.
0: <laughs> no, really? Double sixes and a plus two. Oh, wow. Okay, so on a 12 or higher which is a critical which we got as our first roll. that's awesome you do what you intended to do or you hold steady and the keeper will tell you some extra benefit or advantage you receive describe what it looks like okay so i get to describe to you fun so you not only go over and put a whole bunch in the cameras are so focused on mavis right now you look around and you go wow not a single person's looking at me and while someone else might break under their pressure, you just keep seeing how many spoonfuls you can put in there. The extra benefit is not only is this going to put this young Melanie behind, she is guaranteed to lose in this round. No matter how bad of a pie you guys may or may not make, she's going to be dead last, and she will be taken out by the end of this two-round stage. She, Even if she makes the Because this is a two-part thing. You guys make a pie now, and then some other dessert, a surprise dessert next round. Doesn't matter if she makes the best dessert next time. Melanie's going home. How do you feel about that?
2: I feel pretty good. She didn't lose anybody during the war. Becky, we're coming back to you.
0: Remember what he was saying about his freedom pie? Oh, yes. Is it a triumph or rather disappointing?
3: I I feel like even though he got that killer role on the... The hot sauce, if the pie tastes almost just like the the pie that his mother made, it's going to be somewhat of a disappointment. (laughs) It was made with ant potties.
0: Fair. All right. Let's go to everyone. Describe one detail of why it's disappointing.
3: It was molasses and apple. Uh
0: Store-bought apples. Store-bought apples. Yeah.
3: So the molasses was just just a little too soggy with the apples.
0: No, that's fair, Travis.
1: It's gonna be disappointing because he didn't make it with his mother's homemade ingredients. <laughs> that's true. No protein.
2: I also no extra
1: sweetness from the from the, the moldy sugar apples. Oh, <laughs> oh, and the sugar ants, but yeah, the moldy apples. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a disappointment because there'll be a
0: lack of love. A lack of love for his mother's recipe or for the craft of bacon?
2: For my father who died in Normandy. <laughs> <God> damn. <laughs> well,
1: that's a good answer, but I was going to say lack of love for the recipe
0: that was true and tried to its, to its freedom heritage. The freedom. Great. We now go over to Birdie. Birdie, you're working hard on this, and you see that not only the presenters are coming over. But the judges are coming over soon. At this point, there's only like five minutes before mm-hmm. it ends. The round is about to end. You're almost done. Yep. What are what kind of pie are you working on?
3: So it is a plum pie where the plums were gently soaked in brandy and with a dash of lemon and brown sugar. It sounds like my pie. And then <laughs> gently soaked, not just poured rum in. <laughs> and the top is a... It'll solidify. Uh, Dutch crumble, but I've crumbled in a little bit of weed butter so that, like, it, you know, it's got that herbiness. Drunk and like, This is a good combination. Yeah, we're going to get these judges <laughs> fucked up. We're going to win this. <laughs> and then I'm also whipping some fresh chantilly cream to, to serve on top.
0: Hmm. It sounds pretty good, but Travis soon will be the judge of that.
1: Travis
3: will be the judge. Mavis.
0: Mavis will be... Honestly, let's be real. Hers is gonna be a success. (laughs) All right. Before we get to that, though, the cameras go to you, Paul Rivera, the main judge, and also his co-judge, Jane Leaf Gover. They do a little quick interview of you. They talk about your pie and what it means to you. What do you say to them when they pose that question of, "What does this pie mean to you?" They heard about other people's impacts on a pie, including one that talked about what it meant to his father in Normandy. No one asked about mine. Back to pie. <laughs> what is your answer to that, Bertie?
3: So this pie to me is just comfort. It's warm and cozy comfort, and it makes me feel good. Huh. It'll make you feel good too.
0: Great answer. Yes, it will. Yes. It will. Paul <laughs> Rivera says, and now that is a great answer, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited to see what you have next for us, Birdie. And with that, they cut. The cameras start moving somewhere else. And while everyone else goes off, Paul Rivera does a kind of nice thing. He goes over to you, and he shows you something that, even though you're a talented baker, even you didn't know this little trick. He goes, let me show you something, Birdie. And he goes, or maybe he shows you how to properly slice something, or he shows you some nifty trick. This is perfect for you, Becky, as you are a professional baker. What might Paul Rivera show to you that your character, Bertie, might not have known before? And can you describe the impact it had on you that he took this time away from the cameras to show you this little thing?
3: So what he shows me is how to perfectly scoop my Chantilly cream so it's that it's like a nice little dollop. Um, yeah, it's like a dollop, but it's not like a dollop. It's like a professional dollop. I forgot the the actual like name the of little it. Oval dollops. Yes, the little oval dollop, where it's like it's like perfectly smooth. And he Can shows me how to do it. it. Yeah, and to Bertie, <coughs> it just like really enhanced the presentation of the pie as as I sliced and put the cream on it. And it just meant so much that he took the time to show me little. Little home baker how to do this beautiful French classic presentation. Ah, France. Ah, France.
2: (laughs) You're
0: almost done with the competition, at least for round one. You look over to your side to see competition. You see Scott Lamb, a contestant who everyone here is supposed to be from Brindlewood Bay. But he has a very, very noticeable English accent. He is... His uh, kitchen is very organized. He seems to have a fondness for bow ties. Very much a twink. How do you feel about him being the competition? What is your character's thoughts about Scott Lamb?
3: Birdie's pretty much, like, she's pretty chill. I feel like, you know, everyone deserves a chance.
0: Hmm, Of course. The round ends with a ding, 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 ding. You guys get to go over and present your pies to the judges. Mavis gets to go. For some what? reason, they seem to like it. Yeah. <laughs> Mavis, uh, was is this a surprise to you, or did you plan this all along? It's for real. I knew they're, they're British. I knew they'd like it. <laughs> and Christy, I'm quite, Why didn't we never get to judge her? We're about to. In just a second, Christy, hmm. are you disappointed when they say that? It's not the worst they've tasted here, but it's a little bit disappointing.
2: Um, I'm going to, to cry and run off the stage shouting, we never should have helped you in the war. <laughs> oh, damn.
0: <laughs> when we go around to Birdie, Judge Paul Rivera seems to really like it, but his side judge, Jane Leaf, uh, the woman who's almost 80, older than any of you guys here, She seems stern but fair. She says to you, don't fret, dear. Your pie had a perfectly adequate taste. It just looks a little bit informal. Besides that, about the taste, she says very positive things. Are you able to take a little uh, critique in stride, or does that sting a little bit?
3: Oh, I'm fine. The pie's informal, and so am I. I'm not wearing shoes.
0: They look down, and the camera pans (laughs) down. The camera tilts down to look at your feet, and indeed, you are no longer wearing shoes. Her, her
2: dirty, blackened feet.
0: <laughs> Seems like this camera has a foot fetish. This is weird. They're, they might have to edit that
1: out later. She's
2: just wiggling her toes She's as she wiggling. stands there. <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Travis, is
0: Birdie's pie a triumph or a disappointment? This is triumph. It always was a triumph. And Christie, why is Birdie's pie perhaps a triumph?
2: Um, it's okay. The plums are good. It's kind of unusual. <laughs> Not your typical Thanksgiving dinner pie. Mine is. <laughs> I, I much prefer Mavis's pie.
3: <laughs> You're supposed to give a detail about why my pie's a triumph. Or or a failure. No, no, no it's, no, it's no. supposed to be why it's a triumph. Cause you I established did. that. I did. It's tasty. It's got plums. It's... He's just
2: salty. It's got, it's got some brandy in it. It's not bad. It is not... <laughs> It is a little informal. That's
0: fair. After that, they wrap up the round saying that in a couple hours or maybe one or two. Wait,
1: so, I'm sorry. First of all, I thought this was an opinion of ours. Like whether we thought it was going to be a triumph or a failure.
0: Well, it sort of is.
1: Okay. Yeah. We already found out before giving our opinions. Like, I just gave them my opinion that hers was going to be a trap and the judges were stupid.
0: Uh, no. Uh, Paul Revere really liked it. Uh, okay. And Jane Leaf did too, but she said that the presentation uh, was a little improper. Okay.
2: What did they say about Mavis's pie? I don't remember that. About Mavis's pie? They all
0: really liked
1: it. Uh, they reason.
2: liked it a lot. They thought it was a little soggy in spots,
0: <laughs> but overall. Pretty good. They say if all Americans cook like this, we should come here more often.
3: You tried that.
0: <laughs>
2: now that's a pie.
0: Now that's a pie. Would you like me to put some tea in it next time?
3: <laughs> uh,
0: they say no. It was perfect the way it is. After that, you really? guys get to rest up a little bit before the next round will be started in another hour or two. So we had two triumphant pies. Let's go. At this point, you guys all put your pies in. It doesn't matter if you guys seem to have the best pie or not. The one thing is that young Melanie, she's already going to be kicked out. They thought her pie was disgusted. <laughs> so spicy over the top. She is freaking out. She's yelling something about, damn you, Paul Rivera. You ruined everything I have. And my family has. And then she storms off crying. Very upset. She doesn't bring up the fact that you know maybe someone spiked her pie, but she was just so upset that she yeah,
3: just she's walked. She's just dramatic
0: off. for the camera. That's she's fine. just dramatic.
3: The youths are very
2: dramatic these days. Yes, they are. <laughs> these, <laughs> Can you blame them? These kids don't know what it's like to lose something.
1: <laughs> Being brought up in this society, it's born. You're bound to be over dramatic.
0: <laughs> in the meantime, while you guys are still here on set. But wait in for the next round. What might you guys be up to? Maybe together.
1: Sorry, I thought we were all doing the the custom dessert thing first. Or
0: that probably comes late. Never mind. I'm not following the story very well. <laughs> They'll be doing the second round, the second final round soon. But another hour. But does that not
1: make sense if if the other girl already
0: left?
3: Oh, she just stormed off because she's being. Oh, dramatic. she hasn't been
0: kicked out. Okay. Yeah. She'll come back, and most likely she'll still lose. But there's a chance if she does amazing, maybe she'll stay on. But she was dead last in this part. Okay, now I'm following the story. No, you're good. So, you guys all sit down together. Let's have a quick conversation between the three of you guys as you guys sit down at a table. Oh, you get to rest your bones. How do you guys feel like the competition went so far?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. You could do better. Um... Sorry, I almost called you Kathy, but Christy.
2: Kathy was my mother's name, but (laughs) I thought both of your pies were uh, fantastic. I'm a little disappointed with my results, but.
1: Honestly, I don't remember either of our pies.
3: (laughs) I don't think anyone would remember your pie, darling. It was. oh, Her pie was the best.
1: It was bougie way.
3: It.
1: uh, It was
3: very good. It was very good, but, um... I'd
2: rather have three of her pie than one of yours. It was...
3: Christy, (laughs) sweetheart, I am not trying to insult you. Her pie, you are Her pie was great. Her pie was great, but it was... Best I've ever had. 70% alcohol.
2: Are you trying to call me an alcoholic?
3: (laughs) Yes, but we already know that you are.
1: Look, it is not my fault they only gave me four cherries in that jar.
2: You um, only eat four cherries in a cherry pie Maybe That's why it's called cherry surprise But excuse me Excuse me madam Are you trying to call me an alcoholic? Does Christy crack
0: open a beer just like the way you did in dramatic effect?
2: Yes I take it out of my purse I crack it open I chug it I put it down
0: What kind of beer would
2: uh, Christy drink? Stellan Stella, Stella
3: Artois.
2: Oh. The one Becky said.
3: Stella Artois. What is that? No,
2: actually, you know what it is? It's a uh, it's a steel reserve. <laughs> I don't know what that is,
1: either. So it's, <laughs> it's a very <clears throat> old
0: beer. Oh. And I do Schlitz. You do what? Schlitz. I don't know what that is,
1: Ivor. Also a very old beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, American, American beer.
0: Mm. I should point that out. Are you uh, drinking anything, Birdie? Or are you lighting no. up a fat joint?
3: <laughs> i up a fat joint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the camera crew look at you guys, and Buck <laughs> comes over. He's about to say something, and then he just lets you guys be. Would you like one, sir? And I hand him a slit. Uh, he looks around, whew, stressed out by this whole thing, and he drinks uh, like whoa, half whoa, of it, whoa, whoa, one whoa. gulp, and puts it down whoa. and goes back to work.
2: Whoa, 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 before he can finish drinking... I'm gonna pull a uh, beer funnel out of my purse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, 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 I, I can't do that. I got a whole camera crew that's watching. He does half the beer and he runs off. Disappointing.
3: That young man is very stressed out. I think he just needs to really like find some inner peace. Get of yoga. Get some. do some yoga. Do some meditation.
0: I grab
1: his beer off the table, finish it, and say, damn, but he does taste good.
3: Oh, damn. Mavis. (laughs) Mavis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You guys hear a scream. And then storming onto the set, looking completely frazzled, is Scott Lamb. The 30-year-old British man, the one with a fondness for bow ties, a contestant near you guys. While young Melanie is clearly out of the competition at this point, he's been doing pretty good so far. He might be a strong competitor against you guys. He comes on set. He goes, I went back for an autograph. And he falls to his knees. He's dead. Paul?
3: Paul! Paul! Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I gave him a run for his money. (laughs) The crowd separates and they follow. Do you guys uh, go with a crowd to see what Scott was talking about?
2: I fall to my knees and put my face to the sky and scream, why is this happening to me?
3: <laughs> well, I pat poor Christy on the shoulder and say, oh, we'll get him next time, sweetie. We'll get another one. And then I follow the crowd.
0: You go to Paul Revere's trailer. Go in inside. You see him dead. On the ground, his face covered with flour and his hands tied behind his back with beautifully pilated nylon cords. The production crew pushes everyone aside and shuts the door to his trailer. Everyone is quite frazzled. (coughs) Heath Hendricks, the producer, the bald and stern man from before, comes on set informing everyone that we gotta keep quiet. For now, we're gonna keep things on the down low. The competition will be starting back up again in another hour or so, but this time, Jane Leaf will be the only judge for this. After today's competition, we might have to shut down production for a little
3: bit. Oh, after 30.
0: that... You and Jane Leaf don't get along too well. After,
3: after that, that... Well, I just think it's very inappropriate.
0: He comes a over... A man
3: is dead.
0: He goes, yes, Paul Rivera brought us really good ratings. ins He was a pain in the ass, but he was our pain in the ass.
2: The show must go on. Indeed,
0: madam.
3: Seems inappropriate. He
0: goes, yes, but there's nothing else we could do. We've paid everyone to be here for the day. We're going to finish this round, and then we'll be done. At the end of this, we're going to jumpstart this. There's not going to be another episode for this season, Jane is going to decide a winner and that person will go to the main competition in England in a couple months. The Brindlewood Bay series will end today. I I got a whole lot to deal with.
3: And um, he looks towards you and
0: he goes. Someone
3: called the police yet?
0: He goes, yes, the police are on their way. Okay. Uh, the sheriff is coming here. I asked for him privately to come just by himself. Fast forward and the sheriff comes through. Sheriff Walton B. Sheriff Waltemy comes in. You guys know him well. You guys have worked with him before. Uh, He's late 60s, although based on how he looks, he definitely looks like he could be in his 80s. Uh, Very large beer gut. He's a good man, but a little slow on foot and in his head.
2: But he's a fine young man.
0: He's a fine young man.
2: He finds you guys. I
3: was going to say, what about him, Christy?
2: (laughs) She's already had him. (laughs) (laughs) darling you know he and I go way
0: back oh good he pulls you guys aside and goes listen girls he goes I hate to ask you guys this again but the producer here he really wants us all to stay quiet so I know you girls have very good set of skills I know the people downtown they're divided on if you guys are good or bad for the police force but I have my own mind if I gave you guys a couple hours to square this whole thing away, do you guys think that perhaps you might be able to solve this crime? Of course you have.
3: Yeah, we always do.
0: By the way,
1: you should check the stage. Stage? Why? Because he had flour on him. There's lots of open bags of flour. Find the one that has the least amount of flour.
2: I think his wife did it. Honest women don't wear leopard print.
3: <laughs> She's not wrong about that.
2: He goes, well, that's
0: those are both fair points. But in the meantime, I see that you guys made some delicious pies. So I'm going to go off over there and I'm going to rest my bones for a little bit and enjoy this. And I'll leave okay. the detective work to you, fine ladies. Sure, but for check you the on duty, bags. I will get on that after I have a sampling <coughs> of your delicious pie.
3: If you're on Don't. duty, you shouldn't eat me this pie. <laughs> Don't start with my pie. <laughs>
0: Why? Is there anything wrong? Did you lose the competition? Oh, yes, by a long shot. All right, then I'll be starting with one of these other fine <laughs> ladies over here. And he's going to waddle off stage, giving the whole amount of police force work to the murder mavens. The <laughs> three elderly women. At this point, the police have kind of given you guys full force to the area. They tell you to keep this on the down low if you guys can. And if you guys can solve it by the end of the competition, great. If not, you guys could wait till the end of the day, maybe, before the police have to step in.
2: Well, as a young woman myself of 73, and a uh, a woman who understands uh, the needs of lovers, I'm going to go console his wife.
0: Hmm. That is interesting. Before we go Plot over to twist. his scene with the wife, Donna <laughs> Rivera, let's see who you guys, where are you guys going?
3: I think the best place to start is the scene of the crime.
0: Mm. So you're going over to where his body has been found. And like in shows like this, the police can't give you full access to go in and mess around the crime scene as much as you want. Yes, of course. I go backstage to where the cooking hands are. Hmm. Okay, you'll be going out there. We go over now back to Christy. Christy, you go over and you find Donna Rivera by herself at her trailer. When you go inside her trailer, you find her there on her laptop, hand on her face, looking quite distressed. What do you do?
2: Oh, dear. I'm sure everything will be fine.
0: (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> no, it's not going to be fine. This is going to be uh, such a mess. And at the worst time, too, uh,
2: why is these things always happen to me? That's a good question. Why do any of these things ever happen to any of us? Because I, I guess we must just be born to have a bad luck at poker. I suppose so.
0: She sits down in her trailer that is probably worth more than a lot of, piece of people's houses, complaining about the life that she's now in. Do you know how much work is going to have to go into his funeral?
2: I would have thought that Paul would have just wanted a simple cremation and to be dumped into the uh, English Channel.
0: Perhaps, but it's going to look better for the paper to see a full casket. Open casket.
2: Well, does there have to be anything in the <clears throat> casket? And I wink at her.
0: She looks at you and she's like, "Uh, yes, his body should be. He wasn't shot in the head. He's
2: perfectly intact. Sorry, love. I guess we're on different pages. I'm sorry. Who are you? (laughs) Ta-ta, darling. I walk
0: out. (laughs) Brilliant. Birdie. You go to the scene yes. of the crime. You go to his trailer, and you see Paul's body left there for you, tied up, the nylon cords strapped behind his back, face full of flour. Oh, yes. What do you do? Christy's been here. Christy has? Oh, Christy probably knows this trailer well enough, yeah? Well, no, hands tied behind his back, oh.
1: waiting for you.
3: <laughs> um. So I guess I would take a look around and see... If there was anything out of place or if it looked like there had been a struggle. Sure.
0: So going around, I think we're going to have our first roll of the meddling move. So with meddling move, when you search for a clue, conduct research or otherwise gather information, describe how you're doing so and roll with an appropriate (laughs) ability. So how exactly do you search through or is it just you're just doing basic
3: I'm just like looking around trying to, like, with a keen eye, trying to, like, see if anything looks out of place or if there looks like there's any knocked over furniture or trace of anything. Sure.
0: And what stat would you like to roll? What do you think would make sense?
3: Um, presence? Does presence make sense or uh, reason? Um, probably reason
2: would make the okay. most sense. Unless the ghosts are talking to you.
0: Eight. Eight. Okay. So eight is going to be a success, but there'll be a complication, either with a clue itself or complication you encounter when searching. Are you fine with this or do you want to put on a crown to increase it to just a total success? I think I'm fine with this. You're fine with this? Perfect. So search around, Becky, you find our first clue. Searching through, you find a text message on his cellular device of someone professing their love for him and you quickly search through the phone dies Ugh. if only you could have looked a little bit longer but one thing you were able to find the complication was you were not able to figure out who that person was that were sending a love note <laughs> to them over a text message but you were able to find out that it was not his wife
2: I think you should delete the messages
0: <laughs> too late the phone dies
3: I'll leave it where it was because even though I've already compromised the integrity of the crime scene,
0: <laughs> that's fair. I at
3: least know what it says and I will know if somebody tried to go back and get it.
0: Mm, very good. And for next turn, would you like to
2: stay here and do a little bit more investigation work? Or yeah, I think
3: leave? I will. Okay.
2: I'd actually like to interrupt for a moment. Yes. Adding back onto my scene. Once I leave, a few minutes past, I'm going to go back and knock on the trailer door. Okay. I'm going to knock until she opens. Yeah. She and, opens it, and she says, yeah, what? And when she does, I'm going to take my little scrapbooking scissors, I'm going to reach out and grab a lock of her hair and snip it off and say, for the scrapbook, <laughs> and I'm going to walk away. <laughs> she just yells at you, get away from me. Where's the bodyguard security?
0: I'm going through so much right now. If she goes and slams the door behind her. <laughs> Mavis, remind me of where you were going. At. I was going backstage to follow the, what are they the production hands? You just see the basic production hands. You see some of the, uh, uh, the camera crew. You see the, you see Buck, who's leading the group, and they all seem quite distressed. But Buck is settling them all down, and he's telling them he has them in a meeting right now. When you catch up to him, and he's telling them, guys, it's our job. So, another hour or two, we have to get back out there and make the best show we can. And then we're going to be done. They're going to pay for the rest of the show. We just got in for just a couple more hours, guys.
1: So I go up to buck. I say, you're doing a great job. And I squeeze his left buck. Cheek. <laughs> with my hand.
0: Okay. He, he goes over and he slaps it away. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I say, keep up with the good work, man. And he goes, Is there something you need? You want to do another interview or something? We're busy right now. I'm looking for evidence. Oh, well, you're not going to find it on my
2: ass. He might. She might. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: would I not find on your ass is the question.
0: And he looks around and he says to his camera crew, he goes, guys, I I don't want to deal with this right now. He goes over he grabs a pack of smokes, lights one up, and he walks off and goes, Derek, you're in charge. Point to some intern who's probably not even getting paid. And Derek mm. looks around and goes, uh, guys, I guess let's hold on right now. And then Derek says to you that if you need anything, the camera crew will help you out. How fast are you, Derek? He goes, uh, I will work as hard as you need. I'm the fastest and best there is in this business. Good.
1: Very good. <laughs> I say I need a list of all the ingredients being used. I need to know what flour particularly you guys are using
0: what kind of flour or how many bags? What kind? Okay. And how
1: many bags are in inventory right now?
0: Okay. Well, we got a whole lot. It's a bacon show.
1: You could be missing a few. Have you checked inventory lately?
0: Uh, no, I'm not. Let me go do a little bit of work here. Come out with me. Let's do, uh, we'll do a little investigating work out back. We'll, we'll do some counting.
1: All right. That sounds dirty, Derek. I'm not into that. I'm not into going back. Uh, Just let me know, okay. If there's anything missing, if your inventory matches up with your list of how much you should have,
0: okay, sounds good. He goes back out. I uh, probably comes back in five, ten minutes later. He's like, "Yeah, everything seems good. We're missing a bag or two, but besides that, everything seems on schedule."
1: Well, he's gone. I start going to different people's stations or their, their what their. their Ingredients assortment, yeah, and I start mixing like pepper with salt and and uh, paprika, or, not pepper, <laughs> cinnamon with uh, with tamarind. Sure. I just I mixed their ingredients together. Just
0: sure. so for on the future competition, everything will be messed up, except for mine. Interesting. I think that should be a day move. So with a day move, um, describe what you'd be afraid of happening if you fail or if you lose your nerve.
1: So my escape out of this is I'm going to use amnesia and my worries that they're going to kick me off the show for being
0: mentally unwell. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, what stat are you rolling?
1: Oh, what stat do I want to roll? We're going to use reason.
0: Reason. Okay. Cause
1: I think I can appeal like little lady. She has a hard time. She doesn't remember what she's pouring into what, What container? Yeah, okay. She's just checking, and if stuff falls into a different container, so be it.
0: Chalk it up to the old lady. Slight
1: slight dementia, but, you know, she's not bad. Yeah.
0: Okay, I think that's fair. What do you guys think? Reason works enough? Yeah. A total of a four? Yeah. Okay, that is going to fail.
1: Oh, sorry. Reason plus one, five.
0: Okay, that is still going to fail. Are you fine with that, or do you want to put on a crown to bump that up to a partial success.
1: I'm going to take a crown of the void.
0: Oh, okay. So with that, you have to take the first one, the crowns of the voids. So, um, just take a look at it and know what it is. If you take it, I need something more. Actually, I think I have a pencil around here somewhere. Okay. So with a partial success, The keeper will tell you how your actions would leave you vulnerable and you could choose to back down or go through it. If you go through it, the keeper will describe what it looks like. So you're about to start mixing everything. And then you see buck coming around the corner again earlier than you thought he would come back with. Do you want to abandon finish when you're doing, you probably messed up like one or two people's um, ingredients, but you could do a little bit more. Do you want to keep going and risk uh, Buck finding you, or pull out of it now? We never pull out. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> all right, you keep doing it, and Buck comes around the corner, peeks his head in, and he goes, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm um,
1: sorry, darling. I was I was checking ingredients. I was making sure that no one was misusing the flour. I can't tell which one's the flour. You guys use all the same pots for all of this stuff.
0: He's gonna keep an eye on you, but he's gonna walk away and just be like. Uff. Whatever, whatever she's doing is fine. Which one's the flower darling? He points at, he goes, that is clearly, he points to one, wall. those are clearly the flower bags. Oh, you don't keep
1: them in these pots? Why didn't you tell me that sooner? And then I start working towards that wall,
0: And he's just frustrated. He goes, I spent so long in film school just to have to deal with this. (laughs) Walking off. After this, guys, you guys did a little bit of good investigation work. You found some clues. Um... Becky, you're staying in this uh trail a little bit longer, perhaps to find more evidence. Yep. Mavis, after you get the information from Derek, you did a little bit of uh um uh what's it called? We mess up people's shit. Sabotage. Sabotage after that, where do you go or who do you talk to?
1: Oh, well, because I guess talking to Derek was my last action. Um, I ask him how many bags are missing.
0: Uh he'll say that he counted two missing. Two. Yeah.
1: There's another on the horizon. Yeah. Shall we know who it is,
0: Derek? No, was, no we, we just have a whole wall of flour. There's so much flour needed for this show, we can't really keep track of every single one when they disappear. They're not that expensive. They don't hurt the budget that bad. So we, you don't, we throw more out than we use, to be honest. So you don't
1: know who the other target is, I understand. Target? Of the flower.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> Christy, after your work uh, interrogating the wife of the deceased, where do you go or who do you talk to? I'm going
2: to go see Paul's body.
0: Paul's body. Okay. You run into Birdie, who's in the trailer. You guys meet up. <coughs> what might you guys say to each other, Birdie, when Christy opens the door and joins you inside the trailer say to your friend who joins you inside
3: first I give a little surprise oh and then I go wow. oh whew, it's you Christy <laughs>
2: such a waste he was one of the good ones
3: he was he
2: was I'm gonna bend down to examine the corpse and as I do I'm gonna take half of the lock of hair that I collected and put it in his hand so it looks like he pulled it off of somebody when he was dying <laughs> how do you might react to this? Christy?
3: Christy honey what are you doing no I'm
2: doing it so she can't see okay um, I'm planting evidence. <laughs> Damn! Okay. I don't like that bitch. <laughs> she wouldn't get out. She was rude to me when I wanted water. This bitch is going down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. All right. You plant some uh, false evidence.
3: Next time on the Beer and Pretzel Podcast.
0: Please, you fall onto the cliffs below, breaking your body on the rocks below. No one will hear of this. Everyone's but... focused on the show ahead.